Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at AfterlifeTV.com. This is where we search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today's subject is recognizing the presence of your loved ones, your deceased loved ones, during the holidays. Um, and, you know, we're doing this during the holidays because I know a lot of people are missing their loved ones. We feel the void of those people who have passed, especially during... Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, and uh, that's why I wanted to do this. But uh, I think this video, I'm going to keep it up on uh, YouTube, on Afterlife TV, because it's good for birthdays, anniversaries, any kind of family, friend gatherings uh, that exist. We're always wondering if our loved ones in spirit are with us, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We have a special guest that, uh, I, you know, I was going to do this by myself, and I thought, ugh. No, no, you know, it's been so long since I've done one of these. I want to do it um, with a friend. And so we have a past guest who has become a very dear friend of mine, Natalie Sudman. Sudman. I can't even get your name right. Natalie, let's start over. <laughs> that's, we're good, we're good. that's going to be on that, that one of the, the, the list uh, of videos that you play later. Uh, Natalie Sudman has been with us for three interviews. Is that correct? Welcome, Natalie. Welcome back so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Bob. I knew we would have fun together. We always have fun when we do these. Before, we didn't even know each other. We were having fun. And uh, now you and I, not that we have that much time, but every once in a while, we have a little phone conversation. And they're awesome conversations. I always think, we should have recorded that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that other people could have shared in this. And so that's what I decided we would do here um, for the holiday video. I'm calling this Christmas with Bob and Natalie. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do here. You know, one of the things, um, if for those people who maybe are not familiar with you, I don't know, they're living under a rock somewhere, you know, not sure, who is this lady? You had a near-death experience in 2007, was it? 2007, uh, people can watch those videos. All three of them will be linked below this one where they can learn more about that. But, um, but even before your near-death experience, you've always had some psychic abilities, right? Yeah. Yeah, ever since I was a kid, I um, had psychic-type things happen to me and spoken with spirits. And, yeah, so it, it wasn't new. I, I described my near-death experience as evolutionary, not revolutionary. It's just um, one more step along my path. So. I don't know where you come up with these. I love these phrases that you use. Evolutionary, not revolutionary. You must just sit home and think of that. Oh, revolutionary. <laughs> I'll, I'll use that one. They just come to me. <laughs> That's great. Now, one of the things that we're going to do today that I think is very special is that we are going to sort of do a little channeling session here. This is a group channeling. I think anybody who is listening to this um, is part of that group. Uh, the messages that are going to come through today are for you. Uh, in the past, 
I mean, we've really done this in all of the interviews. Whenever I've asked you a question, you will sort of tune in to, we'll find out who, but you tune in somewhere, and a lot of times you'll get the answer from there. And, uh, and, and so in past interviews, we've been doing it without really acknowledging that that's what you've been doing. We're going to purposely do it here, let everybody know that some of the questions I'm going to ask, you just kind of sort of tune in and ask the answer uh, who are we asking? Who are we talking to? Um, well, I just asked for the, my sort of highest and best um, people. <laughs> and a lot of people call them guides. I happen to call them people or my buddies or colleagues. And um, so I'm familiar with some of them because I've worked with them ever since I was a kid. Um, but I don't necessarily ask one specific being to come and be with me. I ask all of them to come and be with me. And then whoever, whoever wants to answer this question, please come through and answer the question. Mm, I love that. Uh, is it possible that someone might show up that you're unfamiliar with? Does that ever happen? Or is it always sort of your, your team of people? No, I've had unfamiliar people show up. Um, after I listened to Paul Selig's interview that mm. you did with him, that was really good. Yeah. I thought that was so good. Yeah. And so I immediately ordered his books because it sounded so interesting. And, um, and that evening when I was asking some questions, I had these six beings show up. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Whoa. And, yeah. And often when I'm doing readings for people, psychic readings for people, some of their people will show up. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know what? I'm going to invite my father to, to join us today. He doesn't have to say anything, but at least he can be here. Um, uh, all the readings that I've had, hundreds of them uh, with mediums, uh, so many times the mediums have uh, commented on the amount of love that they can feel from him. I think he's just a great communicator. He's had a lot of practice. And uh, and one of my friends who was sort of new at it, uh, first person in spirit that he ever channeled, and he was overwhelmed by that feeling that he got, that feeling of love. And uh, I love that. So if my father can can give you that, a little love while we're doing this, <laughs> all the better. That's what we, we want all the guests to feel good, especially you, Natalie. Um the other thing I just want to say before we get started, hey, I, I've been gone uh, for a while, Afterlife TV. We haven't done something since, I think, you know, midsummer or something like that. Uh, Natalie knows where I've been. So I came out with, uh, in late spring, early fall, I came out with this book. Uh, in fact, Natalie, I don't know if you've seen it. We have a new intro, so everybody would have seen the intro by now uh, to Afterlife TV. It mentions the book. Uh, so I won't have to mention it at the beginning <laughs> of every episode. But I, I mention it now because that's the reason I've been gone doing uh, a bunch of interviews, being interviewed rather than being the interviewer, being the interviewee. And that was a lot of fun. And I, I want to thank all those uh, radio hosts out there who uh, were willing to talk with me in front of their audiences because that's really such a gift uh, to me to be able to speak to their, their tribes 
and uh, we talked about the afterlife. And so I haven't really been away from talking about the afterlife, just, you know, a different venue, really, uh, other people's audiences. And I'm so excited, though, to be back. I've, I've been craving it. And here we are, first one back, and we have a whole lineup of people. People are going to be very excited. Come January, um, we'll be uh, doing an episode. My plan is to do it every week. Uh, so people, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up, right? I mean, you can't watch one of these every week. They're, they're an hour long. But, you know, at least there'll be some, you know, when they have a little extra time, they can sit back and they can watch them. What, are you, what have you been doing over the summer and the fall? Oh, I've been, um, let's see. Well, I, I'm teaching myself to quilt, so. You are. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I've been, um, I'm a facilitator at the Monroe Institute. So, um, actually, this year I was a trainee. So, I was out at the Monroe Institute in Virginia a lot, um, learning how they run their programs and that kind of thing. And now you're going to be teaching. Now I'm going to be teaching there, yeah. That's awesome. I would love to be in one of your groups as one of your students. Let's show everybody your book. One, you know, They're going to see it on all the other videos because I hope they watch them. I encourage it. Application of Impossible Things. And um, we got a little picture of you there. There you are. <laughs> in the hospital. Now, now, there's a real sign. I mean, you look great there, but there's a sign. Someone in a hospital bed probably hadn't, you know, really been cleaned up the way you prefer to be in days. And you're like, sure, take a picture of me. I'll put that on my cover. <laughs> that is a great sign. There's no vanity. No vanity there. All right, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start about this subject that we're here to talk about, recognizing the presence of your deceased loved ones during the holidays, including birthdays, anniversaries, and any family gathering. The first question I'm going to ask you, Natalie, is, you know, this is a little, uh, this is sort of a, to preempt the other questions about recognizing our loved ones. Um, I noticed, it seems to, I notice every, every year around the holiday season that uh, a lot of people tend to check out around this time of year. I don't know if you know the answer already. If not, maybe you can find out for us. Why is it that so many people, you know, die uh, physically during the holiday season? I don't know if it's stress. I don't know if it's, you know, it's a great time to be remembered later. <laughs> hey, I'll die. I'll die just before Christmas. Every time Christmas comes around, they'll think of me. I don't know. But a lot of people tend to check out around this time of year. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, I think um, what I'm getting is that there aren't a great deal more in numbers that check out around this season but the emotional impact of losing someone in the, during the holiday season is higher, and so it stands out more. So it's noticed more, and so you think it happens more often. Um, the numbers are, they are telling me the numbers are a little bit bigger. There are a, a little bit more, uh, a few more people, and uh, yes, it's, it's related to stress, but it's also related to having the whole family um, together at that time. A lot of times, you know, um, families gather or at least their attention is often turned toward family. And when you do that, um, you create a safe space for someone to cross over. 
because um, the family energy is there sort of um, holding people, you know, and and allowing them to feel good, to feel safe, and then to say, okay, you know, I've seen everybody, I've connected with everybody, and now I'm ready to go. With that said, do you think that, um, well, I mean, from my research, I know that people love, people in spirit, they like being remembered. There's, you know, there's, they're not, they're not asking us to, you know, enshrine them and, and think about them 24 hours a day, but they certainly do like being remembered. Um, I wondered if you knew if there was some, sort of on a deeper level, if there's some, in, in an energetic way, if there's how our remembering them affects them, you know what I mean? You know, does it send up, you know, like prayer, you know, does it send up and affect them in some energetic way when we are sitting around chatting with them, remembering good memories? Sure. Yeah. Uh, thought is, thought is creative energy. You know, thought is, um, is moving energy. And so when we think about or um, talk about our loved ones, on some energetic level, they know that. You know, you, you talk about, you know, does that go up to them? Well, I would say that um, there is no up and down, you know, that, that everything is right here. Um, we're just uh, tuning into this narrow band and experiencing this as it is. But if we expand our band, then our loved ones are, are always right here. And so that, that energy doesn't have to go anywhere. We're in, we become, when we think about them and when we, when we recreate that, um, that state of love for them inside of ourselves, then uh, we're in resonance with them. And they're going to feel that no matter where they are. I don't know if this is a dumb question, but the question that comes to mind is, you know, so, you know, so many people, you know, we think that when we're in spiritual form, we don't need the same things that we need as physical beings, you know, sort of the ego being removed type of thing. But um, why is that something that that they enjoy so much? You know, because that does seem something very egocentric in a way. You know, oh, they're thinking about me. They love me. Um, that never really goes away, right? I mean, in spirit, well, we go. We like we like to to know that we had an effect on people when we were there. Uh, I guess that would depend on the person whether they like it or not. I mean, yep. it, it's always going to feel good, but. Um, this is not. This is not an ego thing. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a difference between I want attention. My ego wants attention, mm-hmm. and just receiving, and going. Oh, that feels so good. That love feels so good. You know, it's not uh, um, receiving that kind of love and attention. We we all like that, but. Um, there's a difference between wanting and or, and needing or accepting and needing. I wouldn't say that any of us actually need it because we already are whole. <laughs> but it feels good to get it. It feels good on a heart level, on a very um, f- 
fundamental energetic level. And it really, um, not just that, oh, it feels good, you know, so I want more of it. But uh, it it feels good on such a fundamental, profound, sort of um, visceral level. Um, it's like it's like feeding each other or it's like feeding yourself really i mean because we're all one <laughs> it's um yeah it's feeding ourselves <laughs> you know this is why i asked you to do this because <laughs> i asked this <laughs> just simple question i had no idea how you're going to answer it but those are the answers that i'm that's why i asked you to be here you know i mean it's just you have this such a profound depth to your answers, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I learn from, and uh, and what I'm reminded. You know, I'm so often reminded about things uh, that are really important. You know, and you said so much there. I, I I couldn't even repeat it. You said so much. Anyways, thank you. Uh, these are the answers that I'm looking for. Just keep going. Keep going <laughs> along this route. Okay. <laughs> uh, very simply, to to bring it up to a little more surface level for a second. Uh, some of the ways that we can do this. I'm thinking, you know, okay, we family gatherings, you know, friend gatherings. Uh, what are some of the ways that we can maybe inspire, encourage uh, our remembering our loved ones in spirit? I, I mean, a simple one would be just having photographs around, right? Sure. Photographs would be great. Or um, telling fun stories about that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, getting people laughing. And finding that that kind of um, exuberant, um, uh, fun emotion, and that that really carries. You know, it, it carries through us, and it carries into them. Um, and also, just having little conversations as if they're there. You know, you can you can talk to them as if they're there because they're hearing you. Right. Yeah, and it's sometimes easier when you're alone. For some people, it's easier to do when they're alone. Uh, yeah. When you're with a group, yeah, maybe after a few drinks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> Put a hat on the teddy bear and say, "This is him." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 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 You know, the more fun you can have with it, yeah. really, you can't insult them. You know, <laughs> putting the hat on the teddy bear is not an insult. <laughs> Right. It's, you know, it's it's having fun with it and fun fun and joy are really really powerful energetics. You know, uh, we all know how powerful um fear is. Yeah. Well, a really good way to dissipate fear and to dissipate grief is to find laughter and find the really the really beautiful memories and to um to remember those very vividly and say you know it's almost like we're there again and to feel that joy again yeah. that joy really can heal that um the grief and the fear it can it can really sort of bust out of that very powerful that, that yeah. is powerful uh you know i know i know some people like to um you know leave the empty chair you know where someone is uh i think I, you know, I, I think as long as uh, it's something that 
is more on the positive side. The you know, it's not making everybody fall into tears and right. <laughs> be sobbing over their meal uh, in a way that you kind of imagine that person's still with you because they are. Uh, and I, I think that can be a very healthy thing. Uh, it's not something that's necessary, of course. People don't need to feel responsible. You know, you only got ten cheers. <laughs> Sorry, you yeah. have to sit because I mean stand <laughs> while you eat. Because we got to leave that chair empty. Not necessary, right? Right. You know, I want to say too. There's nothing wrong with crying either. To ha you know, to let that grief come out. Um, the. But let that grief come all the way out, and go down into you know back into the neutral energy field, so it's not sitting in you. And then find something to laugh about. Tell each other the funny stories too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That could be that that taking time out to cry is also very healing. Just don't stick yourself in there, you know. Yeah, be, yeah. be willing to move through that and out the other side of it. And, and and these kind of family gatherings are perfect for that because a lot of times, some I don't know, you know, it's it seems like how many times do you see someone, you know, they're you know they're very strong kind of person. Maybe they they've done all their crying alone. And then they see someone else who is sharing in their grief. They both miss that. They see, and as soon as they lock eyes on one another, there comes the waterworks again. There's something about sharing in that grief. There seems to be an exponential power within that. Is there, is there something to that? Is there something to grieving together that it has, is more powerful than grieving alone? Yeah, I would say it really sh almost, well, not in many, many cases, sharing something doesn't just add one and one, it, it, it multiplies the energy exponentially. And so if this is, you know, if this sharing in grief is done um, with the intention of moving through the grief and out the other side of it, yeah, it can be very, very powerful healer. It's interesting. Um, you talked about, you know, telling stories, uh, family videos, you know, I, uh, boy, that can really do it. I, I'll, never, I'll never forget, I think I probably mentioned on some other Afterlife TV episode that um, sound, I love sound, you know I love sound. <laughs> and uh, one time I found a, a, a tape, it was a cassette tape, that was an old answering machine tape, and my, yeah. father, my father had left this long message on it, and... Woo, uh, that did it for me. I, uh, there was something about hearing his voice again that brought everything to a whole new level. And, of course, with video, we get the sound. We get to see them three, you know, almost in three-dimensional form, you know, moving around. Uh, there's something very powerful about it. So uh, I, I, I certainly encourage, you know, the, I don't know, what a gift that can be to be able to do. And, again, do it with with other people, you know, other family members, other friends, whatever, um, certainly yeah, do that. sound is very, very powerful for a lot of people. You know, you hear that old song comes on and suddenly you're transported back to 1973 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's very powerful. So um, music, you know, maybe, maybe that person had a favorite song or a favorite kind of music or, um, you know, maybe a certain song made them laugh or they always sang along. That can be a really um, powerful way of of um, evoking that person and 
and and getting that resonance with that person and and then you know sending that love and that we we still miss you we love you kind of yeah uh when i when i was in high school you know we lost some people to um driving accidents and suicide and i i think at least three of the um funeral services they played stairway to heaven (laughs) at the end (laughs) you know uh and now you can't help but listen you know i don't know why i get a little sad every time i listen to that song i love that song but you know it's something you uh when when music is involved years later you know it can bring something back like that uh and not necessarily in a bad way you know i'm kidding but be really beautiful yeah yeah beautiful memories yeah and laughter and fun Right, exactly. And, and, and I even remember, because I was young and impressionable and sort of observing all this and very fascinated by death and, you know, uh, and recognizing that sometimes, it wa- again, it wasn't until the song came on that everybody sort of lost it. You know, they're ho- holding on, trying to be song- strong, and then all of a sudden, you know, Stairway to Heaven comes on, and that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah, music and art really... Um have they they bypass the intellect is that what and it is so they can go kind of straight to the to that emotional um response and that really um prof- there's some profound healing and some profound transformation available through through music and art and um you know drawing and things like that yeah yeah um the next question i have is You know, I, I think some of these things are going to overlap, but, you know, is there something extra special for our loved ones in spirit when they see their loved ones get together, as opposed to, you know, watching our lives separately in different directions and they see us all get together? I think you touched upon it earlier, but I just wonder if there's something in it for them when they see their loved ones together, whether we're talking about them or not. Well, again, I would say that it depends on the loved one uh, and the family, but um, you know, when a family gathers, you're that family. It's like a it's like a school of fish or something. You know that each of those fish has its own life and its own personality. When it gathers together into a it that school itself has it becomes a one whole being kind of and so it has a resonance as as this one thing and and the family is kind of like that you know each of those individuals has their own life and their own resonance but you get that family together and it it becomes a unit it becomes one uh, being <laughs> that's resonating and it resonates more strongly and it 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 resonates uh, it's it's a more complex chord that it creates and um, it because it resonates much more strongly and sort of um, much more there's a there's a lot of power in it you know like I said one plus one doesn't equal two it's exponential so yeah. you get all that family together and you've got this 
very beautiful, really, really rich chord of um, of frequency or energy that's that's being um, that's resonating. And so that that those loved ones, it's much it's a much uh, I, I keep trying to say easier, and they're saying it's not easier. Mm. It's just different. Yeah. to tune into that it's um that kind of a resonance that kind of a group resonance crosses crosses all boundaries all frequency boundaries so uh so it becomes very um inclusive not only of that little tribe that little family group but of everyone that resonance goes out to everyone ever connected with those people, all those people that are in that unit. And so uh, it's very inclusive <laughs> and it's very, um, very powerful communication. Would this, I mean, this would be the same for family units, but as well as, well as friend groups, correct? Sure. Would it? Really, think? any. I mean, you can look at that on any level. Okay. Whether it's um, uh, just siblings or the whole extended family or the extended extended family out to you know six cousins, <laughs> and pretty soon you know or just friends or um, friends who are in a in a larger group or you know at some on some level we are all one, and so. You know, you can you can uh, break it down into schools, or you can take the whole of humanity, and it is your tribe. It is your family. Everyone who exists is your family. Yeah. Right. So when you, if you want, if you connect in that way, and just sit here and say, everyone is my family, and I'm going to feel that. I'm willing to feel that. Then. Imagine the uh, the exponentiality available there. Is that yeah. a word? <laughs> True. Uh, that could be a little mind blowing, right? If you think about it too yeah. much. Uh, that's interesting. I, I I just want to mention to people a couple of times. You got a little uh, 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 like uh, with the video, and we will let people know you live in a remote area of the world. <laughs> Arizona. <I'll need> <laughs> and and we're actually using you're actually using your phone on 4G, right? To do this yeah. because it was better than your crappy Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so anyways, to me it's about the information. It's not about necessarily the quality of the video. And uh and so, you know, for those um those lovely people on YouTube who <laughs> love to find fault with things, <laughs> go blow it out your stocking. That's really what I want to say. <laughs> your Christmas stocking, of course. Um, how do we know our loved ones are present during our family gatherings? All right. Well, I mean, you know, I think I, it's not as though we haven't talked about this in other videos uh, over and over again, but I, I think there's always new people to Afterlife TV, and I think it's always a good reminder uh, for us. I, I'm going to tell a little story. I'm, two days ago, I'm doing 
uh, one of the last interviews I did for my book with uh, Roy Richards. Uh, it was second second interview I did with him, and uh, he asked me to come back, and we were chatting similar about similar subject that we're talking about today, and we were talking about some of these things, some of the ways that you can look for you know the signs and signals that our loved ones send us to let us know that they're present, and we were talking about the phone ringing and you pick it up and there's nobody there mm -hmm. and uh, this used to happen to me when I was a kid and I was telling him this on the air uh, we had um, we had this happen a lot when I was a kid where we used to grow up and and so I remembered it happening uh, often not really thinking too much about it uh, I wasn't you know I was a little more of a skeptic back then but I thought it was interesting well anyways the very next night which was last night uh, Melissa and I are just sitting eating dinner and my phone, which, which has, you know, this sort of wallet case on it, um, is closed, is closed and had been sitting for a long time, hours all by itself. And all of a sudden it started ringing <laughs> and I open it up and it says Bob Olson and you know, I'm junior. So Bob Olson and it was the weirdest thing. Cause I don't know how to call myself on my own phone. <laughs> I mean, it was my it was my number when I checked it later. It was my number, but how else is my father gonna, you know, yeah. call me other than with his name on it? Probably could happen, but maybe the easiest way was to use my own darn number. I can't figure out how it happened, but I thought it was pretty cool. I open it up and you know I answer it. He wasn't there. That's great. <laughs> it, it was fun, and I. And if I hadn't just said, talked about this with Roy the day before, it wouldn't have been quite as serendipitous. But the fact that I had this conversation, you know, I think it's a nice way of my father saying hello. Uh, can you think of some other ways that people like to say hello? Maybe some that you've experienced? Uh, well, I think um, first I would like to say that I think um, a lot of, like you said, I wouldn't really have paid attention to that if we hadn't talked about it the day before. Um, a lot of times we are just passing things by. Yeah. So um, pay attention, you know, <laughs> open up to what might seem like, no, that can't possibly be. Or was that it? Um, I... Uh, after one friend of mine passed, every time I would turn on the radio, I would it would be this specific song, and I thought, oh, this is just really weird. But then I then I actually listened to the words of the song, and it was like an a it was like a message from him, mm -hmm. right out of his mouth, you know. And I thought, oh, I you know I never really listened to those words before, so repeating things, you know, like. Oh, I keep hearing this song. Why do I keep hearing this song? Oh, maybe it has a met, you know, maybe that's somebody trying to communicate with me. Lights flashing. Um, I've been talking about somebody and all of a sudden the lights go flicker, flicker, flicker. Maybe your Christmas tree lights will flicker or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's that that's cool. Often yeah. Um, loud noises. Sometimes when I sit... Uh, one specific friend of mine that passed, when I talk about this person, sometimes there'll be a big clunk on the wall, you know, and it, it's it's louder than just the house kind of settling or shifting. And, and for a long time, I don't, 
I didn't notice these things. You know, it was kind of in the back of the, my mind. And then all of a sudden I went, wait, you know what? Every time I mention that guy's name, there's a big clunk on the wall. So a lot of these things, like I said, we're passing them right by. Well, there is no coincidence. Pay attention to the little things. And, and if you're not sure, just say, well, you know, I'm not sure whether that was communication or not. But if it was, I'm willing to... I'm willing for you to show me that same kind of thing again. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's really important. I, you know, my work with mediums, um, you know, so many of the mediums have these little, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, It's not coming to me, but uh, symbols, you know, they have these symbols. So when they see, you know, their Aunt Mary, it means something. When they see a penguin, you know, it either means a priest or somebody in a tux or, you know, I've heard all sorts of different things with the penguins, but whatever it means to them. And so the people in spirit have learned to sort of go through their filing system in their brain and figure out how to communicate with them because they've already set up, this is going to mean this. And I believe that it really helps our loved ones in spirit when we recognize some of these things. Roy uh, Richards was talking the other day about, uh, he went, you know, goes under a street light and the street light goes off and, 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 uh, he lost his daughter. And so he thinks, and, and I totally agree that it's his daughter saying hello. I think probably maybe the first time it could have been mere coincidence. And then when he thought of his daughter because of it, you know, m- maybe she caused that it gave her permission to do that every time. You know, he goes under a street light, you know, and I think that happens with a lot of us with the thump. Again, um, you know, once you let your loved one in spirit know, I'm going to associate that thump with you. Now they're like, ah, now I've got her. Now I have a way to communicate with her. And thump, thump, we go, right? <laughs> it just continues. And uh, so we've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of people uh, associate finding coins, finding feathers, finding all sorts of different things um, that aren't, aren't very uh, popular. Since uh, my, father, my father liked lilacs, we were smelling lilacs in crazy places that we shouldn't be smelling them after he passed. Um, we had a cat, uh, pesky (laughs) who passed and, you know, uh, Melissa, (laughs) I don't know why pesky chose this, but Melissa would smell urine uh, because she used to clean a litter box. (laughs) So, you know, it made her think of pesky and, uh, it worked. (laughs) I would have chosen something better. You know, pesky, let's not do that one. (laughs) My father was a smoker, and you know, uh, we, you know, a lot of people would smell smoke. Uh, mediums, when I was getting readings, they smell smoke. They'd be, you know, yep, yeah, that, yeah that's, smells that's can be very powerful. And sometimes yeah. it's a good smoke. It's a pipe smoke or a cigar smoke, if you like that. You know, some, some sometimes um, my father's was just cigarettes. Baking, you know, if uh, you might smell banana bread or something like that, and it reminds you of somebody. Uh, who used to do a lot of baking. And then there are some people who, uh, without being, you know, extra sensitive even or having any ability for mediumship or stuff, they will hear a voice. They will sense the the presence. And I think we all can do that, right? I mean, how many times have any one of us been in a room, someone walks in behind us, you know, carpeting, there's no way you didn't hear them or anything, but you just knew somebody was there. We can do the same thing with people in spirit. 
you want to add to that at all? Is yeah, there any I way think, um, for us to... I think a lot of people um, believe that they don't have that sense. But, but if you say to somebody, uh, have you ever felt like someone's staring at you? Everyone go, everyone, almost everyone on earth will go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that feeling where somebody's staring at me. And you turn around and they are. That's the sense we're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a subtle sense, but we all have it. And it's just a matter of becoming aware of it or tuning into it once in a while. Just stop, pause once in a while and say, do I feel anybody around me? And you may go, oh, whoa. It feels like my son is standing right at my shoulder. You know? Yeah. It can be very, that can be very powerful and very, very comforting. It is. I, uh, when I, when when we were kids, old enough that I was driving, I, I remember uh, Melissa and I were at uh, a red light, and across the red light were uh, three guys, and one of them was a friend of ours, and they were all salesmen, and they were in front of a store, and and I, I don't know why, I don't have any idea, I, don't, I didn't normally think this way, but I said to Melissa, let's let's his name was Dale, let's think, let's get Dale to. To, to look at us his, his back was to us let's get him to look at us let's and i don't know what we did you know <laughs> send him the signals i swear to God, all of a sudden he just like flips around yeah and sees us and he starts waving i don't even, he probably didn't even know why he flipped around you know no i'm sure he didn't yeah, yeah. and and it, it was i guess early uh lessons for me you know i don't know why i tried the tried the little test or or what but yeah, it worked and it was great to have you know, it's it's good to practice those skills because yeah. by practicing them, we become more aware of them. We become better at them. Yeah. I remember as a kid, and <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this story, but in church, I used to, um, I used to stare at people and try to get them to like scratch their ear, <laughs> and a lot of times it worked. But you know, it's it's really um, it's not about manipulating other people. It's about, it's about sending a message to people. Can I communicate? Can I be the sender? And can I be the receiver? Yeah. And practicing those skills a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I mean, those are great, those are great things to practice, to see what power we have, and to recognize our connection with other people. Um, I, we don't know the half of it. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the electronic phenomena. Uh, we got... The phone ringing, lights flickering. Uh, if anybody listens to any of my radio shows, they heard me talk about uh, my my radio going crazy uh, mm -hmm. right after my father died. Uh, it was you know it was one of those old radios had a needle that you'd have to use the dial to move it back and forth, and it just started going from station to station to station back and forth. And uh, I was moving the knob, and it didn't have any effect. And then I finally, for whatever reason, associated it with him. And like, oh, Dad, that's you, and it stopped, and it never happened again. Had that car for a couple yeah. more years. <laughs> Alarm clocks are also often something <laughs> wake you up, <laughs> used to set off. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we had a toilet flushing <laughs> in one house. There's lots of ways. I mean, really, um, I think people sometimes can get certain ideas stuck in their heads. You know, if my mother was here, she would do this. She would, she would, why can't you make the lights blink on and off? Yeah. When maybe she has been 
like wafting scents past you and you're not paying any attention. Totally. So, you know, open up and kind of cast around. And certainly, you know, you can give suggestions. Hey, mom, you can figure that out how to, how to do it. Flicker this light for me. But it's, it's also, um, sometimes it's not that easy to um, interact with the physical world. And so um, they may be trying to get, do something that, is, that they're capable of doing. That it's that it's easy for them to do, so um, cast around and you know pay attention to a lot of different things and just see what happens. Are there see some things you that you know of that are easier than others? I mean, probably the ones that we talked about. A lot of the electronic kind of stuff, lights flickering, that sort of thing, seems to be a little easier. Um, things like dialing the phone might have been a little more on the challenging side, uh, and but I also wonder. Are they able to get somebody else in spirit who's better at this kind of stuff to help them? Sure. <laughs> She's asking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That seems really stupid, I Bob. Check in with that because I mean it's not something that I I'm trying to think. But yeah, I mean we all help each other, and and certainly you know we have people that we call guides, and they they're not alone out there. Yeah. In here, between here, wherever they are. <laughs> Um, so if they want to figure out how to do something, they certainly have access to help and assistance yeah. the same way we do. And, um, yeah, things, uh, <laughs> things can get easier for them. You know, it, just like when we come into a physical body, it takes us a while to remember how to move that body around in a coordinated way. And, um. And when you leave the body, maybe um, there may be times when you're like, wait, I don't quite remember how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We've all been there before, but, or maybe we're trying to do something new. You know, right. maybe, maybe we never explored this or that. Uh, we never explored communicating with people who are not all that aware of how to communicate. You know, maybe last time we tried to communicate, we were Aborigines in Australia, and and everybody in the tribe was very good at tele telepathy or something. So. Yeah, I I would imagine uh, for you know it'd be somewhat frustrating sometimes for some of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of surprising they don't just kind of thwack us on the head sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was telling, this is an old, and I'll, I'll get it really wrong and I'll get it bad, but there's this old, old joke that I heard Dom DeLuise talk about. And, um, he was telling, you know, he's, his, his boat capsizes or something. He's out in the ocean, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, I don't know. He comes up with these three different things, you know, a boat comes along, they're going to save him. And he's like, no, no, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Move on, move on. You know, helicopter comes. No, no, I have faith in God. Move on. You know, third thing comes along. He pushes him. You know, finally he drowns. <laughs> and he gets to right. heaven. He's like, God, what, you know, what's going on? I sent three people to help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always come in the way we expect, right? Yeah. So right. pay attention to other things. we got to open our yeah. minds. I think that's kind of what we're trying to do here. Open people's yeah. minds to new possibilities and, yeah. 
And don't always chalk them up to coincidences. It's just so easy to say coincidence, coincidence, you know. Yeah, uh, what is coincidence? I mean, really, um, there there is no such thing as coincidence. Right. You know, it's um, we're creating our reality. And so do we create random things? Well, yeah, sometimes we do. But sometimes we're creating, we're co-creating and we're interacting. So, yeah, pay attention to the little things. And, and if you're not sure, well, is this just random or is this real, really something? Then yeah. ask and say, you know, is it? I'm willing to have that proven one way or the other or show me again or something. Yeah. I, I've done that a lot with, uh, uh, like, cards. It'll, like, you know, they have the angel cards, the tarot cards kind of stuff. And... um I've even had tarot readings where I went to a tarot reading. This is early on in my investigation. You know, I went to tarot reading, and then I went to another tarot reader. And not not 100% exact, but, like, so similar. Like, you couldn't, you can't deny I got the same reading from two different people. You know, we were talking about the same stuff. You think of all the different things. And I've done it with, you know, these little angel cards that Melissa has, you know, on the counter. And I'll, I'll pick, you know, it says, you know, whatever piece you know you know and then i'll pick it again get the same card you know well, yeah okay, I've done I get, that. It. get it the same card for days on end you're like <laughs> okay i'm getting the message i'm getting the message here. exactly <laughs> have you ever tried spirit writing so uh, spirit writing meaning you could you could you could interpret that however you want right um meaning either with pen and paper or i used to do it uh you know on a computer where uh, I would ask a question. I didn't even know who I was asking it to. Spirit guides or something. Ask a question. And then whatever answer popped into my head, I would just type it as quickly as I could. And what was happening was uh, I was sort of asking these questions and then writing the answer without really... I was typing so fast that I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't worrying about grammar or spelling or anything because I wanted it to be fast because I didn't want to intellectualize it. I was, you know, I was trying to keep it... Um, more in that intuitive side and and I would, but then I would think of another question and I'd do it and then I'd usually wait a couple of days before I picked it up and read it and it was always amazing to me it didn't sound like me writing the answer you know it sounded like someone with much more wisdom <laughs> which is not hard to do but anyways you know <laughs> but it was you know but I, I always thought that was kind of fascinating but I also know of people who have uh, just done this in their heads you know they'll they'll talk to their loved one in spirit in their head or they could talk out loud and they would um, they would hear a voice in their head uh, sometimes it was their own voice so they questioned it you know, I've told I told the story in my book. I've told it uh, other times here about my friend uh, whose husband died, and she was talking to him in her head, and she said, "Can you give me something that I don't know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, so I can know that this is you that's talking to me. I'm not just talking to myself here." And and he said, "Your mother, you know, your your mother wants to now. I can't remember." Um, your mother wants to buy a new blue dress. Um, and then, of course, so she went and asked her. And apparently her mother kept going back to the store and couldn't get herself to pay the money for the dress, you know. So it, there was a truth to it. And it helped her to acknowledge, yeah, this is, this is really me that you're talking to. Uh, so I think asking those kinds of questions, you know, is a great way to sort of confirm for ourselves so that we can continue with these processes. 
but yeah, have you done any kind of spirit writing yourself? Yeah, I do that a lot, actually. Oh. Um, and I, I often suggest to clients that they do that too. It's it's a it's a really um, it's a really good exercise or practice in listening. Yeah. And also in um, if you do that long enough, you know, it, when you first start out doing it, you're going to be like, oh, this is just me. This is just me answering it. But if you just say, well, that's okay too. Just keep going. Then sooner or later, as you do that, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself writing something and going, where did that come from? Yeah. So it's a good practice. And then um, if you keep it up, you're going to begin to really notice um, when you cross that boundary from your own thoughts into into get receiving. And when that happens, um, now you've taken a big leap in your own awareness. Yeah. Now you are, now you know, oh, this is my stuff and this is something else. And you're also practicing tuning your focus into that something else, opening it up to receive. So yeah, that, that can be a really beautiful, um, a really beautiful practice, and it does work when you just do it in your head too. What I like about writing is that you're actually sitting down and doing it very deliberately. Yeah, you know, a lot of times when we're doing it in our heads, we're we're doing other things, uh, we're washing the dishes or uh, we're walking through the grocery store or something, and that has its value too. But um, when you actually sit down and say, now this is what I'm going to do, then you're doing it a little bit differently. You're focusing your own intention. And uh, the, the potential for learning about your own consciousness and your own ability to focus and your own ability to control your own focus, um, that really comes through when you do it as a practice, I think. Yeah. I think that makes sense. That's, that, that's great. Uh, I remember... When I did it um, more regularly, I I made a commitment that I would do it at the same time every day for a certain certain amount of time, and uh, you know, probably doesn't really matter to them because of the time thing, but uh, but it, it helped me to set that intention that at ten o'clock every morning, this is what I'm going to do, and you know, I would just listen to some music to sort of get myself out of my thoughts and more relaxed state, and then I would start it, and uh, it seemed like the more I did it, the better success I had. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you to skip this one a little bit. Uh, I know this seems like a silly question because, but I'm going to ask it because I'm just, do, uh, do our, lo again, I know it depends on the loved one. So I'm getting, I'm getting that. It depends on the person, right? Right. Um, but do our loved ones like to be invited to the party and uh, does it help? To invite them to the party, and is there is there a better way to do that? Is there a good way, or, or you know, a better way to do that? <laughs> is that silly? I mean, I know they're going to show no, up I, anyways, but does it help to invite them to the party? Yeah, I think it doesn't hurt to invite them. I mean, everybody likes to be invited, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, you know, and two um, part of the part of the power in actually inviting them is is your own awareness, tuning your own awareness to including that person or to um, tuning into that communication. Yeah. Um, so that, that can be really valuable in, um, 
in practicing your own controlling and and using your own awareness um whether it how to do it differently uh, differently from what i'm not sure <laughs> what the what the well well you know you send an e-card <laughs> yeah <laughs> send an e-card email them put it yeah. on facebook e- email them no, I don't know. I don't, you know, you really sit down and pray, you know, please show up. I, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I, your intention really does it. And so whatever you want to put out there, I think certainly um, including gratitude in anything yeah, um, yeah. really carries it further or um, boosts the energy or clears the energy. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd say uh, I would really, I'm, I really, I think you're probably already coming to this party, um, <laughs> but if you're not, please do, and we we'd be very grateful if you if you showed up. That can be really powerful. So I I, I gotta say, so uh, you know, I get a lot of comments, obviously, you know, all over the you know YouTube at uh, AfterlifeTV.com and Facebook. And a lot of people comment that I really nurture my guests, which I love to, you know, they're, they're my guests, you know, right? But, but you are so sweet. To just even just to take that question seriously and give me the best, because that is the stupidest question I've ever asked, actually. It's not a stupid <laughs> question, though. I mean, I don't think it is a stupid question. Well, you there know. viewers out there who kind of would have the same question, so. Well, and if they ask it, then it's not. It's a very good question, but... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but for me to ask it, I want to talk about dream visitations because um, uh, because we're thinking about our loved ones at this time of the year or when a gathering is coming up at any time of the year. Uh, I, I think that is sort of an invitation for them to visit us in any way that they can. And and coming to us in our dreams is certainly one way to do it. Uh, had a little quote from my book on uh, Facebook today that was about that. And, and so it made me realize, and I love it, when, when, when I do these little quotes on Facebook, people tell me about how these things has ha- have happened to them. You know what I yeah, mean? great, the stories. I love it. Uh, so anyways, thank you for everybody for sharing uh, all the time on Facebook. Uh, the last one was about, you know, how a lot of times the spirit will leave the body before before the car accident or the plane crash or the bullet hits or, you know, and people had all these stories about, you know, obviously they lived, but they didn't experience the pain of whatever it was because it was as if they left their body. Uh, Great thing. But this particular one today was about dream visitations. A lot of people have had them. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it were millions of people have had their loved ones visit them in their dreams. And they certainly seem unique to dreams in that they're extremely vivid and you remember them 30 years later as if it happened the night before. And it does seem to be more, it's not like your loved one is necessarily involved in this crazy story that's going on. They're literally there, hi, I'm okay, I'm happy, I'm doing well, that sort of a thing. Uh, it seems to be very typical for dream visitations. And have you had any yourself? I haven't personally. I have, yes, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's they're really lucid dreams. Um, you know, there's none of the fuzziness of a dream, and there's none of the um, sort of irrationality 
of some dreams. Everything's very rational. It's very, it's crystal clear. It's, it's as clear as when you're waking or more clear. So, um, yeah, that, that does happen. And you can actually invite that. You know, you can learn to lucid dream. There's plenty of books out there and, and um, suggestions and ways that you can uh, teach yourself to lucid dream. But you can also, just before you go to bed, you know, invite your loved ones to come to you in your dreams. That can be very powerful. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I, that's awesome. Um, I never remember my dreams. I, I imagine if I had one of these, I'd probably remember it. But I remember that I had a dream, and I, I get a sense of what the energy was about, around it. Like, oh, that was a very creepy dream, or, you know, that was a very happy dream. Um, yeah. But I, the details of it are lost the second I open my eyes. The next one, um, I think, you know, if we're having these gatherings... And we want our loved ones in spirit to be around. And certainly, you know, we set that intention. Uh, two things we can pay attention to. Pay attention to what the ch- our children. So, Because a lot of times our children are like, Grandpa's over there and everybody's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, go play. <laughs> and, and, and you also see, you know, the cat or the dog or whatever, you know, like looking into the corner of the room in a weird way, you know, not, they don't normally do that. And obviously they're following something and there's nothing there. It's a great way, you know, we, we don't necessarily have the same abilities that our pets do and that children do. Um, and so I think, you know, just having that awareness uh, of the kids and, and the animals uh, might help us to recognize that our loved ones are with us. Have you had any experiences like that? Uh, yeah, I had a dog that was very sensitive who would, you know, perk right up and kind of follow things around the room or get really frightened sometimes, actually. The, the dog would? Mm-hmm. What do you think he or she was frightened of? I don't know. At the time, I didn't really, I wasn't that curious about it. I was yeah. just like, oh, he's picking up on something, you know, and then I'd just pull him over to me so that he felt safe. And yeah. I didn't really investigate it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, pets and animals and little kids kind of haven't had that socialized out of them, that sensitivity. So, yeah, yeah that. That's a good suggestion to pay attention to. Them. You know, okay, we're over an hour here, but I don't even care because this is a special. This is Christmas with Bob and Natalie, and <laughs> we're just going to finish this out. Where are the reindeer? <laughs> um, I just have a couple more. Actually, the only other one that I was going to mention is, now listen, I, I've actually seen photographs. There's no denying these. This is not an orb that I'm talking about. I've seen photographs people's faces on them not real people at least not living physical people somehow there's this face got in this photograph and these are from people that i trust you know they weren't (laughs) manipulating things on photoshop um uh check your photographs i mean if you're taking photos uh during the holidays or during any family gathering check those photographs have you ever seen anything like that I've seen a couple things like that, and um, yeah, I'm I'm a big skeptic of photography because I I do a lot of photography. I I studied in in grad school, and so you know I'm like, yeah, but yeah, from a couple people that I trust, yeah, I have seen things like that. It's very interesting. Um, 
Yeah, definitely check your photographs. Yeah. Because, I mean, when they're your photographs, you know no one's messing around with them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, you invite your loved ones. Say, we're, gonna, we're probably going to be taking a group photo at some point. Would you please get in the photo yeah. and show, you know, show yourself if you can? That would be fun. Yeah. You know, let it be fun, too. Yeah. There, it's okay to have fun and to joke around. That's holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to be, like, serious and... You know, we have this idea that holy things are, you know, you have to have a hushed voice and the NPR voice. and But laughter and playing around and joking around, is it carries really beautiful energy, very powerful, very powerful healing and very powerful communication. So go ahead and be excited and yeah. be, you know, joke around and have fun. Yeah. Uh, my last, so my last question, but this can lead into others. I don't, like I said, I'm not worried about the time here. Um, this is like a special, this, is, this might be a two hour special. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but what, so you had a near death experience. It took us three interviews to get through the whole darn thing. <laughs> it was quite intricate. It was amazing. Fascinating. But you had one. Um, what did you learn from the other side that, might relate to this subject um, or even just might be comforting to the bereaved during, during this time of the year. Um, well, what I learned from that experience, um, we're taken care of. I mean, when we cross over, we're not just sort of left on our own, <laughs> even if it may it may seem like that for a while for some people because you're so habituated to that physical mind that 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 you're not tuning into the people who are around you, maybe in the same way that we are now, you know. Yeah. But we're not alone. So for those who may be worried about um, their loved ones, their loved ones are getting help. If they need help, they're getting help. They may be over there helping other people already. <laughs> you know, so, um, so I think that can be comforting to people. Um, you know, in my experience, <laughs> when I left my body, I didn't care about who was left back on earth. I'm like, whatever, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. <laughs> I've heard so, no, I have. I've heard from a lot of people with NDEs, but and some people take that in a negative way, and that's fine if they want to do that. We yeah, we, we all have the choice. It's, it's not negative. It's it's very neutral. You know, it's really a tr a deep trust. I that, I, I uh, also NDs, yeah. They go, are too. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Okay. I'm so um, excited. <laughs> Please go. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> uh, it's um, it's really that that detachment is is really a sort of um, it's a you know the Buddhists talk about non-attachment that has nothing to do with not loving someone and not caring about them. Um, it's it, a non-attachment is trusting yourself in your own experience and trusting the other person and their own experience and knowing a true love has no, it has no strings. 
It doesn't say, oh, I have to act this way, or I have to be this way, or I have to really want to be with that person right now. Yeah. That's not love. <laughs> That's right. not really true unconditional love is a state that that love is a state of being it's not an emotion it's a state of being and i was in that state of being when i left my body and so um i was in love i was love and i trusted and knew that everyone else was too if i i knew that if i wanted to contact those people they were right there. I could contact them. And right now, my, my focus and my intention was to take care of some of the best. It's not to be, you know, oh, I have to get back to earth or I have to go talk to people. It was like, well, I'm doing my business and I trust that they're doing their business and, yeah. and we're all okay. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Uh, that is a, I, we should end there because we, we're not going to do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about love, you know, you talk about the love, you know, you talk about the love, man. The love. You can't do better than that. No, you really, you can't. I, it's a beautiful ending. Um, and, and this was a great, a great time. I, I do want to ask, I want to remind people again about your book. Um, this, I said it in every interview. This uh, this is one of those books that doesn't have a lot of fluff in it. You know what I mean? So, you know, you get the six-inch book. <laughs> okay, that's not six inches, but you know, you get the you get the big, huge book, and there's all kinds of filler in there, and you don't waste a word in this book. And it's it's one of those books that you can just keep reading over and over, and uh, and you'll get something new out of it every time. And you, it's almost, it's a lot like Paul Selig, actually, which is, a, I know you'll take as a compliment. You can only read a short, short amount at a time, and you have to really think about it, right? Mm -hmm. And that is a compliment. And, uh, and I have not, the only reason I still have a copy is because I won't let anybody take it. Because, you know, <laughs> people don't give them back. And, uh, and I just like to always have it around. And so, anyways, that's a... Uh, application of impossible things. You can look that up. There's a, there'll be a link down below this video. And I know you're doing workshops now. Could you just tell us a little bit about the workshops that you're doing? At the Monroe Institute? Yeah. Um, uh, no, no. I thought there was something else beyond that. No. Mm -mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had thought about doing some workshops myself, and then we ended up, you know, um, uh, I ended up being invited to train to be a facilitator there. So I, that's what I'm doing. There is um, two friends and I do have, we have formed another institute, the Event Horizon Institute. And um, it's eventually, we've got programs for, um, that's TBI, um, PTSD, um, addiction, things like that. And we're still working on that and, and kind of working with some entities to uh, get well. Some research is being is underway right now on on these these programs, the, the sounds that we're using. It's also it also uses a sound technology the way Monroe Institute does. Um, so we are working on that, and we do have a program for anybody, and that is being offered at Monroe Institute called the Event Horizon Program. Okay. 
So, yeah. All right, and when you're ready, we'll tell people about that. That's what I was referring to. That's what, in the back in my head. I'm like, let's talk about that. I didn't know you weren't ready yet. And when you talk about you're working with some entities, just because people will misunderstand. You're, oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah you're talking about <laughs> other groups. Yeah, well, we're physical, uh, physical groups, physical. Yes. Yeah, in the physical institutions that are interested in what we have, but really need some um, research results before they can they feel that they can commit to using these programs. And so we're waiting for the research results. But we are, as I said, we do have a really, really good um, program for anybody that's being offered at the Monroe Institute called the Event Horizon Program. And it uses our um, sound technologies and um, is, is really, we, we did one program last year and just got rave reviews. I think it's a really powerful program. So. All right, you'll give me those links, and you give me those links, uh, and I'll make sure that they're below this uh, below this video, this episode. Okay, and um, well, thank you very much. This was enjoyable, hopefully informative to people, maybe a little bit of com comforting to them, um, and uh, maybe there'll be a bunch of people in spirit who will be happy that we did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Bob. It's always fun to do a show with you. It was great. Yeah. Well, I know we'll have you on more, more often. Uh, I, I would have loved to do a weekly show with you. <laughs> we'll pull that. See if I can get you to do that. But anyways, thank you everybody. Uh, I want to thank everybody. I hope everybody has happy holidays. Uh, and again, you can watch for afterlife TV be starting again in January uh full force whole bunch of new guests and uh uh until the next time happy Wait, holiday we gotta give them the afterlife tv wave <laughs> <laughs> that's all for another fantastic afterlife tv episode bob couldn't be happier if you enjoyed this episode as much as bob please leave a comment on afterlifetv.com facebook twitter or youtube and don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.